got a Florida convenience store here has a sign on their microwave that says, please do not warm your urine in our microwave. Mm. Apparently, they're across from a drug testing place, and uh, you warm up your urine. At, you buy clean urine from someone like me. Sure. You warm it up in the microwave there at the convenience store across the street before you go dump it in the container. And he was tired of people warming up their urine in the microwave. It's not going to help his burritos. Or- Maybe my core body temperature is like 42 degrees. Maybe my urine's just icy cold. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up because I need to follow up. We got so much hate on the text line for even Excellent. doing an interview about global warming at all. To me, my, my point was, again, I don't care about global warming. I don't think there's anything. To me, the U.N. announcement helps my argument. Mm-hmm. You can't do anything about it. Right. And uh, so, you know, by you some, would have to cut emissions to zero within 10 years. And then maybe it wouldn't happen. It being what a lot of you don't believe is happening. Everybody settle the F down. Good Lord. So I'm tired of be everybody being angry. Buying all the time. some tank tops. And, and everybody people. thinking they can't. Nobody will read your message or appreciate it unless you express vehement anger. Sell your snowmobile. Just get ready for the coming uh, heat. It's no big deal. Hey, there's a new book out. I don't have quads are fun too. Sure, buy a quad. I got a. There's a new book out. Michael Beschlosh Besh Beschlosh <laughs> is the author. How many S's in that? Like <laughs> five. Eleven. <laughs> five. A couple in the middle. One on each end. Um, and he's got a new book out about uh, presidents during wartime. I don't have the title in front of me, but he uncovered something. Well, he. It, it got uncovered years ago. This is why they declassify stuff after 25, 35, sometimes 50 years. Because by the time they declassify stuff, nobody cares anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only people that did care are dead. But here's an example of it. Something that got declassified quite a few years ago. And until he went poking around for this book, he didn't come across it. It's a book about uh, presidents during wartime going all the way back to uh, to Jefferson and through today. And it sounds pretty interesting. But yeah. He's got this nugget that during the Vietnam War, the top commander at the time, Westmoreland, put a plan in action to use nuclear weapons in the Vietnam War. Mm. And uh, thought the last-ditch effort when it comes down to it, rather than see the whole thing fall, we, we, uh, we, we set off nukes. Got everything together for the plan, submitted to LBG, L- LBJ, the president, Lyndon Johnson. LBJ said, no, the frig, we're not going to use nuclear weapons, and made them completely reverse any planning they'd done whatsoever. Mm. And these memos were uh, unclassified a few years back, but nobody had taken the time to read them until Michael Besslosh sure, sure. uh, came across them. But Michael that's something. B, we'll call him. I don't know if that means we got close to using nuclear weapons, but the top military guy, at the least at the time, thought that was a good idea. Yeah. And if you didn't have a civilian control with the president, you, you know. And, one, and once you get him in place, then then you're really getting into scary territory. Right. Because then it's just the emotions of the time, and you're losing, and, and that gets a little uh, dicey. But uh, to Lyndon Johnson's credit, I think, he said no freaking way, and they, they completely stood down and reversed everything according to the author whose name was uh, what again <laughs> michael b i call him also this a piece of information the chairman of the senate foreign relations committee at that time a democrat william fulbright told his fellow senators we were just plain lied to all these years about vietnam this was behind you know this was classified stuff uh-huh uh we all know this now but the um so the ch- democratic chair with a Democratic president said we were just plain lied to and that the United States has lost a form of democracy and that there was discussion about impeaching the president, which then came to an end when he decided not to run 
he probably heard those rumblings and why he yeah. decided not to run. Wow. The Democrats were going to impeach their own guy. Right. Because they felt like they'd been lied to about the Vietnam War. You know, someday we ought to do a podcast. We're actually uh, doing a long-form interview with Ken Starr today. Ken Starr, the special prosecutor during the Whitewater slash Monica Lewinsky years, um, about all sorts of stuff. And we'll we'll share chunks of that with you tomorrow on the show, I think, if, if we have time to edit it up. And certainly it'll be available for the podcast. But... Um, what was I going to say? What was I leading up to? That was an aside built on an aside. We were talking about, oh, we ought to do a podcast someday, including, you know, folks who uh, were dealing with it at the time. The complexity of the Vietnam War, attitudes about it in the country. I think we're talking to McMaster this Friday. He's one of the experts on writing on that. Uh, right. But, you know, actually, my question is a little more sociological because you got guys who, who served. Um, honorably, you, you have uh, guys who never came back. Guys came back changed, injured uh, physically or emotionally. You have people that had bone, bone spurs like the president. Right, or or got educational deferments or were a rich boy and they could get a deferment. There are millions and millions of people protesting in the streets, screaming the government is lying to us and this is just a meat grinder of young American men. We need to stop this now. And, and yeah, the Pentagon Papers and, and the rest of it, there was a large body of belief that the government was lying about Vietnam and killing young men unnecessarily. That was absolutely true to a large extent. So somebody who decided, I'm not volunteering to die for that. I'm doing whatever it takes to not get be the next victim. Now it's fashionable to tar them as a coward or a draft evader that didn't serve their country when called. But I don't know if that's popular now. I think it was 10 years ago. I don't know if now it is. I've heard it a lot in politics. Recently? Um, oh, yeah. I think one of the reasons the whole Trump thing wasn't that big a deal is I think more people are like, yeah, I understand. Well, okay, you know, I, I'm at, my perceptions could certainly be mistaken, but... But not just, that I, long ago, certainly it was. I mean, that was the whole John Kerry thing, right? Right. That, that's what, that's what the Swift yeah. voted him in 2004. Yeah. But as a, uh, a libertarian... And a person who loves this country, meaning I love the Constitution and its people, I don't necessarily love the government. In fact, like the Founding Fathers, I have a, fathers, I have a deep mistrust of government. I just think that's a really interesting philosophical discussion. People who said, no effing way I'm going. How do we feel about them? How do we feel about that? Well, in retrospect, obviously they were right, but... um. I don't know, that's a tough one. Because are you calling the people who did answer the call of their country and go serve honorably stupid or weak-minded or saps? No, I would never say that. It could be argued that, you know, because during times of controversy and argument and and, and, uh, dissension and partisanship, wait a minute. I know a time like that. (laughs) Uh, During those times, you get information, and sometimes you believe it, sometimes you don't, depending on where it comes from and and whether it fits your narrative of the world. you got to remember, a lot of the anti-Vietnam stuff was portrayed by the president, by the Congress, by the generals, as lies, as bullcrap. At the time. So, yeah, there were a lot of Americans and young men uh, who said, no, I don't believe that anti-war stuff. I think we're winning. I think we're fighting communism. Um, I'm not going to flee to Canada or whatever. It's complicated. 
Well, and also you've got the problem of if you decide it's okay if you don't agree with the war to not serve right. your country, well, then you're doomed. Right. <laughs> As a country. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be able to put together a military. What's your duty to your country if you are certain the government is lying and sacrificing young men for nothing but to get to the next election cycle? What's your responsibility to your people and to the Constitution? I find these questions fascinating. Yeah. And difficult to answer. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, here's a complete Let's transition. ask McMaster about that on Friday, among yeah. other things, because he's... Yeah. He, he wrote a great book about how the government lied to us all. I can't wait to talk to him. Do we? How long do we have him for, Hanson? Executive producer Hanson? Jump on the mic, would you? Is it half an hour or an hour? About 90 seconds. I think we get to talk to him for about 90 seconds. That's no good. Uh, beg for an hour. Beg for an hour. Mention these two men are astute observers of the American scene. <laughs> and use that tone of voice when Elaine. you say it. So I wanted to get this thing from 60 Minutes on the air because I thought it was a really good Susan Susan Collins last night. She 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 was a big deal in this whole Kavanaugh process. And if you love women and want women to be heard and safe and the rest of it, but think Hollywood is full of a bunch of phonies, you're going to love what actress Rose McGowan, one of the originals in the hashtag MeToo movement, is saying. About our friends in Hollywood and their activism. Cool. I want to hear that coming oh, up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hugh Hewitt tweeted over the weekend, we need a comprehensive collection of the comprehensive rebuttals of the slanders against Judge Kavanaugh. And our friend Tim uh, Sandifer retweeted that and said he's a hundred, he's a thousand percent right about this. Unless this happens, law school classrooms over the next 50 years will be filled with these slanders casually and thoughtlessly passed along as obvious, undoubted facts. And there's a number of them that have completely been... Um, uh, done away with at this point. Debunked? The debunked, yes. Mm-hmm. The whole devil's triangle thing. They came up with a whole bunch of classmates that, you know, said that was our drinking game. Um Positive Sean, you're highly doubtful about that. Still am. I'm still I'm still I'm com- I, st- I actually don't believe the whole Ralph thing. I think that that they drank enough to throw up. I think that was the Ralph club. I don't think it was because I eat spicy pizza, but whatever. Well, he said he he he'd puke easily after drinking too. Yeah. But uh, I, well, I don't, I don't know where you come up but with your doubt, that, Sean. Multiple classmates said it. But I'll regard- tell you what, having gone through school and then raised three kids, slang changes so fast and constantly. Um, uh, regardless of that, the the stuff with the um, the, the the gang rapist woman, I mean, that just completely fell apart. But th- there are some people that will quote that forever, I suppose. I don't know. Avenatti's protege, who refused to testify before the committee, by the way, um, worth noting. But I thought this was interesting. Susan Collins, the Republican woman, Maine senator, who gave the long speech about due process and how she poured over the FBI report and decided to vote yes and and probably held together the other wobblers. If she'd have gone the other way, you don't know that Flake and whoever else wouldn't have gone the other way. And then all of a sudden he doesn't make it. Right. She might have held them together. Anyway, this is a little bit from 60 Minutes last night. A website went up over these last couple of weeks 
collecting funds for whoever your opponent may be in 2020. And the deal was that if you voted for Kavanaugh, then the credit card pledges would be processed. If you voted against Kavanaugh, they wouldn't process the credit card numbers. And something over $2 million was raised. This is a classic quid pro quo as defined in our bribery laws. They are asking me to perform an official act. And if I do not do what they want, Two million plus dollars is going to go to my opponent. I think that if our politics has come to the point where people are trying to buy votes and buy positions, that we are in a very sad place. And that's something. Mm-hmm. Just a direct, we're going to give two million dollars to your opponent if you don't vote this way. Right. <laughs> wow. I'm surprised that doesn't happen more often. Yeah. Among the super rich. Well, you know, uh, among lobbyists, it's just an open secret. It's just not done in public. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a totally uh, unappreciated, except by me, <laughs> is that uh, Susan Collins went paragraph after paragraph about uh, the judge's judicial records and that so many of the accusations from the left that are whipping people up, that are getting them to march in the streets, march on the Lincoln Memorial, the rest of it, are just not true. If you look at his judicial record, much of what's being claimed is simply not true. That, go, that shows you what politics is. It's the act of uh, the, the uh, art of frightening the herd. Got this text. Running one direction or another. First day of work in the Supreme Court for Kavanaugh, and he takes it off. Damn Gen Xers. That's right. It's Columbus Day. Can't believe the court isn't. I can't believe there's no federal government on Columbus Day. Weak. What do you drink? Italian wine on Columbus Day? Well, if you're Kavanaugh, you drink beer. He likes beer. I like beer. Lots of it. I like beer. Hey, I like beer. Want to play a little Devil's Triangle, huh? Isn't that like with a girl and a cat or something? <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, Drinking you, games. I'm here to drink. There's no game necessary. Get out of my way. We're serious drinkers. Now, if you want to throw bounce quarters into little glasses just for sport, I'll do that all night. But I'm drinking when I want to drink. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm <laughs> drinking while while we're playing the game. Exactly. Whoa, whoa, what are you doing? You got to wait till the quarter gets in. No, I don't. I came here to get inebriated. Right. I've got a prob- a troubled life. I'm trying to forget those troubles. You're still annoying me. I suggest for <laughs> both of our sakes I be allowed to continue drinking. <laughs> I still find you unpleasant. Right. That's why I'm still drinking. Give me 15 <laughs> minutes I'll like you if you get out of my way. Oh, boy. But the other, uh, there are all sorts of factual things that are interesting. I'm trying to nail down, and it's it's impossible, so don't get excited. Um, the rate of false accusations of uh, sexual assault, uh, rape, etc. And there are a number of different studies from a number of different sources. And it's funny, if you look at uh, lefty news organizations, they commit... Uh, uh, verbal uh, gymnastics to make it sound just the way they phrase it makes it sound one way, and some conservative outlets are doing the same thing on the other side. Um, but it seems it's absolutely clear that that two percent figure that only two percent of accusations of sexual assault turn out to be fake. I mean, that's just not true. It's not even close to true. Um, what that actual number is is very difficult difficult to ascertain. But um, we'll hear that for the rest of our lives. It's like the wage gap for women uh, thing. Just I've just gotten used to it. I'll hear it for the rest of my life. It doesn't matter how many times it's debunked. 
by feminists, by women. Just doesn't matter. And by the way, you you retweeted the audio or the video of a, a former classmate of Kavanaugh from high school talking about his drinking, mm. and he wanted to go out. He went out in front of his house in the microphone and got reporters around. I just I heard Kavanaugh talking about uh, how he didn't drink that much in high school, and I just had to come out and say something about that. And, and he and he talked about I have seen Brett drunk to the point that he could easily be passed out. And the reporter said, "But you never saw him passed out? No." Then they followed up with a couple of other questions, and he shuffled his feet. Well, no, I'm just uh, he just he drank enough that. Uh, but did you ever see that? No, I've seen him drink to the point that he could have passed out. That's your big call the reporters round story. Holy cow! Got a lot of attention for that. Uh, okay. Oh, boy, I'm glad that part's over. Now we can just get to taking away women's health care. That's the right. fun part. That's right. No more Band-Aids. No more tetanus shots. No more dental care. You get the flu, good luck. You get pneumonia, cough it out of your young lungs, lady, because Brett Kavanaugh is going to take away your health care. Mark Twain quote, getting back to our previous conversation, patriotism is supporting your country all of the time and your government when it deserves it. Yep. It's Mark Twain or Abe Lincoln or Jesus. Or all or, of the above. Or John Lennon or Martin Luther King Jr. It was a King joint Jr. statement. <laughs> a joint statement with John Lennon and Martin Luther King Jr. And Twain and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. That's a hell who, of a Alex Baldwin. Who was the chairman of the committee? Um, I'd say, you know, Lincoln's pretty good at leadership. And everybody would go, well, that's Jesus. Yeah, all right. I see your point. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, we've got Trump's planned primetime TV special coming up tonight. Callie's outlawing week. Oh, that's Wait the, a minute. That's what? the ceremonial uh, swearing in. Primetime right? TV special. It's an hour and a half? All the bells and whistles. I hadn't heard about this. They bring up all the other people from the heritage list that they gave out, and there's a rose right? presenting ceremony, oh, very right. much like the Bachelor. <laughs> yes, actually, I think it's gavels. It's not roses because it's on theme. I was uh, I was not warned that this was happening. <laughs> California is outlawing weak passwords, and we got another. Oh, I want to hear that. And we got another Facebook hoax making the round. So coming up at ten o'clock, there's a radio debate between Gavin Newsom. And the guy running against him? Yes, indeed. One debate. Somebody sent us a copy of their uh, uh, John H. Cox, Republican. The uh, voter guide that went out to all the California voters. And here's the uh, statement by John H. Cox. There's one debate, and it's on the radio. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have a point here. Uh, John Cox, he talks about what he wants to accomplish, what's wrong with the state, how he thinks he can uh, lead it. And then there's Gavin Newsom, Democrat, no candidate statement. He didn't bother to file one. Yeah, that was that New York Times article about right. how he's running yeah. a stealth campaign. Right. He, he doesn't even mention running for governor whenever he shows up someplace. So John Cox has a detailed plan, a platform, a, a way he wants to lead California. Gavin Newsom's platform is, I'm a Democrat. Or he's just, he thinks he's ahead enough if he doesn't draw attention to anything, I guess. He ought to have a statement. You would think. So I hadn't heard this, but apparently some uh, some white gals knelt during the national anthem somewhere to protest rape culture. So this black bishop blasted that, blasted the white women kneeling during the protest, during the anthem to protest rape culture, as hijacking a movement you took no risks for. 
And somebody called this a woke-off. <laughs> a woke-off home run. <laughs> We're having a woke-off between the people that are kneeling for this and the people that are kneeling for that. Hey, you can't kneel for this. That hurts kneeling for that. Rose McGowan, one of the first women to publicly accuse movie mogul Harvey Weinstein of sexual assault, said in a lengthy interview, the Hollywood Time's Up effort are bull s and a lie. I just think they're douchebags, and I'm quoting, she said, referring to the hashtag MeToo supporters um, in Hollywood. They're not champions. I think they're losers. I don't like them. She added that she's been left out of what the Times described as the hashtag MeToo campaign lunches or survivors brunches. And I don't want to go because it's all bullets. It's a lie. It's a band-aid to make them feel better. I know these people. I know they're lily-livered. And as long as it looks good on the surface to them, that's enough. She clarified she never said hashtag MeToo is a lie ever. I was talking about Hollywood and Time's Up. That's something. Yep. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump will ceremonial uh, ceremonial swear in Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh at a primetime event in the East Room of the White House today. Mm-hmm. The ceremony follows... Is this for... something that's been done in the past? Not last time when he did uh, when he swore in uh, Gorsuch. It was in the Rose Garden at 11 a.m. It was not with all the pomp and circumstances. So is this, this a had. touchdown dance? Yes. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Just doesn't seem necessary to me. We will now begin with the ceremonial keg stand. Judge, if you could please. <laughs> the ceremony follows perhaps the most contentious confirmation battle over a Supreme Court nominee in recent history, and the administration is using the event to show voters they can make good on its promises. Now, I get why he's doing it, yeah. but I think everybody knows. I don't think this is, you know, sometimes accomplishments fly under the radar, and you have to point them out. This one didn't. For the people that you want to appeal to, they're fully aware of what's happened here. It was kind of in the news. (laughs) Yes. It's going to be at 4 p.m. West Coast time. That's when the president will present uh, Kavanaugh to the nation. Meanwhile, the president is busy bashing Senate Democrats for torturing Kavanaugh and his family during the Supreme Court confirmation process. The way they behaved was absolutely atrocious. I've never seen anything like it. Trump going on to say Kavanaugh is... A man that was caught up in a hoax that was set up by the Democrats using the Democrats' lawyers. I've heard this from many people. I think it's an insult to the American public. We tortured some folks. Meanwhile, on another note, California is getting ready to ban weak passwords. A new law requires manufacturers... I use password 123, but I capitalize the P to throw the Russians off the no! trail. Oh, <laughs> that's a twist. A new law is requiring manufacturers give up, uh, give each gadget, rather, they make a unique, complex password and reasonable security features. It also requires users of the service to have to generate their own complex password that they use with their gadget for the first time. Hey, California legislature, fix the roads! Don't worry about my passwords. This means if a customer has their gadget hacked, they could sue a company if the company failed to meet the standards of the new security law requirements. Quit passing taxes to fix the roads, then two years later explain how you have to pass a new tax to fix the unfixed roads, and then rinse and repeat annually. Stop it! The bill is called the Information Privacy Connected Security Device Law. It goes into effect January 1st, 2020. My password is one-party government is corrupt government. 
one, two, three. Back to the whole uh, ugliness of the Kavanaugh thing and threats and all that sort yeah. of stuff. Cory Gardner, who's a Republican, uh, his wife got a beheading video with the names and addresses of their children and other Ooh, family members. Geez. Oh, my God. Wow. That's psychopath stuff. Yeah, I'd say. That is rough. Got another Facebook hoax making the rounds. The latest involves users thinking their accounts have been Are cloned. Are safe from Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> That's the hoax. Involves users thinking their accounts have been cloned with a message saying that the cloned account has been making friend requests for them. The user is then asked to forward the message to all their friends. The chain reaction has led apparently to thousands upon thousands of people receiving the pointless messages going round and round and round. And the Nevada Athletic Commission is investigating a brawl that broke out at the end of Saturday's UFC 229 at T-Mobile Arena. UFC President Dana White says they're going to withhold Habib's prize money after defeating Conor McGregor. By the way of submission in the fourth round, Habib, the Russian, jumped the cage to attack McGregor's teammate, and McGregor fought with Habib's teammates in the cage. Look at him. Oh, and no, now Habib no, jumps no, the fence. No, 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 no. Security has corralled Khabib Nurmagomedov. Well, Khabib wasn't kidding when he said no handshake after the fight. Oh! And now one of Nurmagomedov's teammates throws a right-handed cutter. All hell has broken loose! All hell has broken loose. Yeah, yeah you had his, uh, the Russian guy's teammates jumping into the ring and sucker-punching Conor McGregor. Yeah. The first guy went around the front of him to fight him, which I thought, okay, guy's a little tired from his bout, but let's get it on. Then another guy jumps over and just sucker punches him from behind. Not cool. God, um, unbelievable. That Habib dude going over the over the, the octagon <laughs> yes. thing the way he did. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is a dark, dark moment for the sport. Oh, yeah. As the guy who runs the sport said, this was an S show. We had more eyeballs on us than we've ever had. This was our chance to show what our sport is. Yeah. We've never had this sort of problem in the past, and now we have an S show. No, he can't be happy about this at all. It turns me off. I mean, I've never watched it. I'm not into the UFC. It's not my thing. And it makes me less likely to ever watch it. Mm-hmm. And we've got videos of the brawling, including cell phone video from a guy in the crowd when Habib jumped on them at armstrongandgetty.com. Check out the various views and previews. And that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> So this guy's like a super great wrestler, the yeah, Russian he, guy. Yeah, very. Uh, he's a he's a tornado in grappling. He's he's okay. very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, see, I've I've defended the sport. I like it. I don't love it, but I like it. Um, but this is just crazy because I I know a fair number of uh, mixed martial art guys, um, who are incredibly disciplined and really nice people. Um, and so you know I've been pro, but man, that was nuts. Yeah, there's of course, a, you know, Ron Artest went into the crowd in Detroit, was it, or Indiana? And, well, he just started punching fans, right? right? <laughs> At least these guys were, right, you know, right. somewhat related to the fighters right. involved. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it all pales, though, in comparison to the great Wichita hockey uh, riot that Jack and I witnessed. Wichita Thunder. What year was that? Judy was pregnant, 92. And uh, it was also uh, fans were fighting with players. 
Yeah, it was fans literally coming over the glass to fight players. Players coming over the glass, trying to get the glass loose to fight fans and smash them with their hockey sticks. (laughs) Beating on fans with hockey sticks. Drunk fans and hockey players fighting. The players fighting each other, needless to say. That was pre-cell phone. If that had happened in the cell phone era, that would have been a huge national story. Oh, my God, yeah. Because we're the only ones, I mean, we only have our eyewitness accounts. There's no video of it at all, as far as I know. There would have been a special prosecutor and a committee formed in the Senate. And oh, the yeah, the president would have had to speak about it because it was crazy. Listen, so we're at this game and it had been super chippy the whole time. Right. And uh, a lot of, and, and plus guys played in that. It was the, what was the name of the league? Doesn't matter. But it was just below the NHL. It was really good hockey, but you also had guys who were trying to establish their reputation as fighters so they would be elevated to the NHL as goons. And so there was a lot of fighting, and this had been a particularly fighty game. And but it was out of hand. It was like five to one or something like that. And Jack and I get up to leave. Then there's like twenty three seconds left, and I said, "I tell you what, why don't we stand here in the concourse and watch the end?" And sure enough, that's when the poo storm began. <laughs> and we went back down to watch it. But the great thing about it was, if you wanted to weigh in and like fight hockey players, you could. But everybody else just kind of stood back and watched it. So <laughs> it was entirely a, a a voluntary participation thing. I mean, it's not like women, children, women and children were getting beat down with hockey sticks or anything. But these drunk guys were up on the glass, rocking it back and forth, <laughs> trying to get it off so they could get on the ice and fight the hockey players. Hockey players were up on top, beating them on with their sticks. <laughs> Do you sure you want to fight a professional hockey player in shoes on ice? I don't think you do. <laughs> and they have a stick. Yeah. It is my experience that a lot of athletes or a lot of fans of athletics drastically drastically uh, underestimate the difference in athletic capability right. between them and the competitors. Well, right. and and your wind when you're playing versus I just stopped playing 3 years ago. Right. I'm still as tough as these guys. Are you, chum? I remember skating a shift in college playing hockey and puking afterward because oh. I, wa- I thought I was in hockey shape, and I was not. You joined the Ralph Club after a little Devil's Triangle, did you? Uh, no, just good old-fashioned puking. But petering out coming up next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Johnny Walker are introducing a series of whiskeys inspired by Game of Thrones. The whiskeys are so strong that you'll forget she's your aunt. Wow. Oh. Um. Arg. Unfortunate. Well, good morning, Auntie. I think we both feel out about this. A couple of things so I can delete this stuff off my phone. Uh, 538 is a website that predicts various things. They uh, moved the chance Democrats will take back the Senate. From one and three, just a week and a half ago, to one and five. Wow. Interesting. Uh, based on uh, polling in all the various states. So, yeah. Of course, that's that's a snapshot. Let's oh, talk sure. again. We three got and a, half weeks. a month to go. Mm-hmm. What, what many things will Donald Trump say or do? Crisis we have, you can't even think of right now. I mean, there'll be so many things, yeah. The idea that we're locked in time for the election is is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Linda Sarsour is? She is credited with the leading the women's march 
Uh, the oh, day President right. Trump was inaugurated. She's yeah. a big uh, activist person, and that's fine. You get to be, but she tweeted over the weekend, Senator Susan Collins is the mother and grandmother of white women in America who gave us Donald Trump's presidency, the 53%. She is a disgrace, and her legacy will be that she was a traitor to women in marginalized communities. History will not treat her kindly. Hashtag cancel Kavanaugh. Yeah, Linda Sarser's also got some really nasty ties to really nasty people in the Middle East. I'm not particularly interested in her opinion. Along with Dana Milbank in the Washington Post, Susan Collins' declaration of cowardice. She got a chunk of a country that thought it was uh, absolutely fantastic and a return to the grandness that is the Senate, that sort of speech, and then other people that are horrified by it. So there you go. That's where we are. I would love to hear an intelligent and widely uh, broadcast point-by-point debate. I would be happy to do it. Dana Milbank, you want to come on the air? I would gladly talk to you. Um, And and I say that as a guy who has some problems with Brett Kavanaugh, actually, you know, precedent-wise, law-wise, and also who who has a great deal of sympathy for women who are sexually victimized. I just think you're full full of crap. Speaking as a woman who's being, uh, speaking of women that have been victimized sexually, San Francisco is not going to take down their comfort women statue that they have and put up about a year ago. It's to draw attention to the fact that Japan had comfort women during World War II. Uh, hundreds of thousands of women that were there to provide a little sex to the soldiers before they go out and fight the good fight. Uh, yeah, often, Against their will. They were sex slaves. Yeah, the, the captured women of... Uh the vanquished countries Japan conquered. Yeah, pretty rough. Anyway, Japan wanted San Francisco to take that statue down because it calls attention to a part of their history they'd rather not think of. Mm-hmm. Think about. San, San Francisco said, no, we're not going to. So Osaka, which has been the sister city of San Francisco for 70 years, has said, we're no longer sister cities. They unsistered them. Whatever that, whatever oh, goes no. along with that sort of declaration. Oh, no. Not exactly sure how much you'll feel the pinch of that. Oh, no, Osaka. No more sister cities there. Alexa, play Final Thoughts by Armstrong and Getty. Okay, here's some idiotic musings by a pair of halfwits and their merry band of simpletons. Well, that was hurtful. It's an Osaka in the jaw. Here's your host, Joe Getty. I got him more. Okay. <laughs> Let's get a final thought from everybody. Put a nice bow on things. Michelangelo, what's your final thought? Yeah, if Vladimir Putin watched a uh, pay-per-view fight this weekend, I'm pretty sure the feed he saw was an illegal one. He owes the <laughs> UFC $70. <laughs> Good point. Positive, Sean. Your final thought? Yeah, Elon Musk, when he's not subtweeting pot shots at the SEC, he's he actually does some good every now and then. He's funding the water station and water filtration in all of Flint schools, in uh, Flint, Michigan schools, to get the kids have safe drinking waters. He's also having residents email them their lead test results as he tries to figure out what to do in the residential sector. Wow, way to good go, go Elon. Hey, uh, Marshall, what's your final thought? Well, the show's ending just in time, beginning to slur my words as the pain meds really start to kick in. Toothaches are no fun. Yeah, but oh, pain boy. medication is. Go get yourself a glass of wine and party, man. There you go. Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Uh, yeah, I did, but I chickened out. That happens to me a lot. Oh, Why does that happen to me so much? I, I work on my final thought because I'm a coward. You gotta feed you. <laughs> That's why it happens to me a lot because I'm a coward. <laughs> we got to give you a good yeah. shot of whiskey. I know, I'll say this. We carved our jack-o'-lanterns uh, yesterday afternoon, and then last night we put the candles in and turned off all the lights. Good family fun. All my the kids beautiful. really love how scary the jack-o'-lanterns are. Which brings me to my final, the final thought, also holiday-related. Just wishing you and yours the warmest of Columbus Day wishes. <sighs> 
as you gather around the Columbus Day tree and exchange Columbus Day presents. It's, it's Remember em- the reason for the season. It's an embarrassment for the United States that we do this. That the government or anything shuts down for Columbus Day. It's just dumb. Sounds like the war on Christmas has a new front. <laughs> Curmudgeon. Oh, I'm, I'll lead the war on Columbus Day. I'll be at the front with the bayonet. I'm going to my party dressed up as my favorite ship, the Pinta. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Let's uh, head over to armstrongandgetty.com, would you? You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, if you see something we ought to be talking about, send it along. they do anything at the Indian casinos for Columbus Day? <laughs> no. Oh, Ooh, I should go over and check. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over! The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity, and we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. You know, like Joey Chestnut is a hot dog eating genius. Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.